it was meant to be an entrance of a joke, but then when you said that part about um, our tongues and going back to one of the previous episodes, I was like, yeah, that, that stuff matters. <laughs> so. All right, give me some levels. Are you okay? Yeah, I think I'm good. Sweet. You sound all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to last week's topic about forgiveness, um, I wanted to ask you, so what are the things that, like, in your opinion, to start off the show, like, you can, just examples from your life and maybe more recently or throughout your whole life, whatever comes to mind about things that you find easier to forgive and then some of the things you find more difficult to forgive, if, from your opinion. Yeah, things that are easier to forgive would be things that are done, I think, just unintentionally you know like you talked about last week knocking over a glass spilling milk that's that's pretty easy to forgive i think what what's hard to forgive for me is the intentional stuff where i know somebody did this on purpose or when i when you have a really close relationship with somebody some for yeah. some reason family it's harder to forgive and forget the, those things uh so I know with my spouse, she's not even meaning to or may not even realize sometimes the things that she does and how they affect me, but it takes me a while to get over that and let yeah. it go. And uh, so that those are harder. I, I think it's just the nature of, of our curse world where part of the curse is there's problems between family members especially. And so... Satan and the forces of evil love to drive a wedge between us and our families. And that makes that relationship uh, a little bit more difficult, but you know, God is, is gracious to help us work through those things. And yeah. Forgive. <laughs> no, that is uh, how long you've been married. We've been married since 2008. So Man, whatever that is, that is, that is, I can't do math. You're asking them. <laughs> 18 <laughs> would be 10 years. And, should, well, we have to figure what out. What is that? Like 15, 14 years. <laughs> We have to look at the actual date because I wouldn't <laughs> want to have a recording. And then all of a sudden, I didn't help you as a friend. Like, say, like, hey, you can't forget your anniversary, right? Like, like it's, and then everyone points to the show. Just be like, this, it, it'll probably more look worse on me because it's like, no, you were there. You consider yourself a friend. You have to December 20th, 2008. <laughs> I know when. I just forget how long. Uh, no, but I was going to say... <laughs> What I was going to say was what I look up to you guys as, as and I, when I was doing research for this week's show was I came across the quote um, and I'll, I'll try to find it. But what you guys have that I love is it's classified as a marriage, but it's when you when you dissect it from the outside looking in, it's like you guys have a true partnership, hmm. right? You guys are evenly yoked, evenly keeled. Yeah. You guys have three beautiful kids, a home. You guys are moving forward, but it's moving forward in unison. And we talked about this before. Your weakness and strength, she supports them. Hers, you support hers, and it goes back and forth. Yeah. And this was the quote. It was, uh, I'll read it from, I sent it to someone in a text because I was trying to, you know, just have a conversation. But the quote is from, um, strangely he's coming up on this show, but I'm more of a fan of the person than, than the music, but he's from a, a, sadly he passed away or he was taken from us, but a rapper named Nipsey Hussle. But he says, it's easy to find someone to have fun with. Mm. The real challenge is finding someone or the right one to build with. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. like really stuck with me. Cause I was like, oh man, but it's possible because people have six and you're one of them. Yeah. People have successful yeah. marriages all the time. 
but the forgiveness aspect when um like you said so but you spawned an idea too like or a question when you're talking about that how do you feel about the quote from your angle and from all your life experiences that blood is thicker than water because from my experience and we'll get into this when we get into the show about one of the points of parenting mm-hmm. is lead by example and I think that's one of the key things, in my opinion, that we should try to do. And so my upraising was I always saw the opposite. And yeah. when I questioned it, I got this quote that still makes the hair on the back, on the back of my neck stand up. It says, do as I say, not as I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I find that when every when push came to shove and there's two people, multiple people in a family, especially mine, mm-hmm. and they have a situation one person will start to say at some point when they're backed into the corner, well, blood is thicker than water. But when I reanalyze that moving forward and at this age, it was just kind of like a get out of jail free card. Right. It was just kind of like this Hail Mary to like stop the other person from yeah. making some sort of decision. But yeah. I'd really like your opinion on that or where that comes from. So I get the meaning of the saying is that family should be most important and our relationships with family should be uh, unbreakable. But I don't know that that's a scriptural concept. Gotcha. When I, when we look at the scriptures, we see that when we become a believer, our family becomes the body of Christ. And so we don't, it's not that we stop loving our family, but we have a connection with other believers that we don't have, especially with family that does not know the Lord. Um, Because, you know, often Christians are forsaken by their family because of their faith in Christ. And that causes them to cling to their spiritual family. Jesus says, you know, whoever's not, um, whoever will not leave father or mother or brother or sister for me is not worthy of me. And so he's saying that, you know, and he doesn't mean in a literal sense that you have to cut everyone off, but he means that if you're not willing to sacrifice even the most intimate relationships of life to follow me, then your priorities are out of whack. And the Proverbs will say that um, a friend close by is better than a brother far away. Uh, So... Just, you know, leaning on those that are around us instead of always leaning on those that can't really help at the moment. Yeah. I think that's that's biblical wisdom. And so we all have a, an innate, I think, sense of love for our blood relations from God. You, you know, you see that in even adopted children where even though they love their adoptive parents, there's a part of them that says, you know, I really want to find out who my biological father or biological mother is. So I I do think God has put that in us and it's a good instinct um, to, to keep families together. And we should always, always pray and strive to keep families together if at all possible. Uh, So there's, there's both sides. There's two sides to that yeah. coin. You know, we want to love our biological family. Uh, but at the same time, as believers, we, we know that we have to make some hard, hard choices to uh, serve Christ. You know, there's been 
many people who have said, I'm going to go from the United States to Asia, South America, wherever, and spend my life telling people about Jesus. It's not that I don't love my family, but this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So family is important to God, and I think God desires and he actually commands that we take care of our family as as fathers, but he doesn't want us to see the family relationship as the only relationship or a relationship that is more important than our relationship with him. I, I love that. And through that, through everything you said, you dropped major knowledge on me. So I'm going to have to get that exact Proverbs quote from you later. But above all else, where were you two years ago? Because I took that <laughs> literally and I got rid of all my family. So I was, I, was, I, was, I was like, maybe he means this literally. So no, but that was beautifully said. So I wanted to start off the show on a, on a, um, well, we always are trying to be extremely positive, but I found this within the past week. It had to have been, um, but we talked about the thing going on with the LA Dodgers and the oh, people yeah. dressing up as mm-hmm. nuns and stuff. So I, I found this a complete inspiration. So, and I had no clue. So I had to snap, I was going to read this article. But it says, L.A. Dodgers pit, pit, pitcher, if I can talk straight, <clears throat> L.A. Dodgers pitcher Blake Trennan released a statement against anti-Christian groups. So these, these are his exact words. It says, I'm disappointed to see the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being honored as heroes at Dodger Stadium. Many of their performances are blasphemous and their work on displays hate and mockery of Catholics and the Christian faith. I understand that playing baseball is a privilege and not a right. My convictions in Jesus Christ will always come first, going along exactly with what you just said. Nice. Since I have been with the Dodgers, they have been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups. However, inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to reform disenfranchises a large community and promotes hate of Christians and people of faith. This single event alienates the fans and supporters of the Dodgers, Major League Baseball, and professional sports. Yeah. People like baseball. Wait, sorry. People like baseball for its entertainment value and competition. The fans do not want propaganda or politics forced on them. The debacle with Bud Light and Target should be a warning to companies and professional sports to stay true to their brand and leave the propaganda and politics off the field. Yeah. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. Awesome. I believe the word of God is true. And mm-hmm. in Galatians 6, 7, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Wow. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this, guy, this is all everything he that said. That is gutsy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> the group openly mocks Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of my faith. And I want to make it clear that I do not agree with nor support the decision of the Dodgers to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And this is his, his final thing before his signature. And I quote, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua twenty four fifteen. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was looking for things of inspiration this week and people are saying like, oh, you know, not to me specifically, but you just hear it going around in the world. Well, if you were stuck in a situation, right, where you had to feed your family or you got pushed in the corner and you had to choose yeah. fans and fame over faith, yeah, this just, he clearly <laughs> states that he chooses yeah. faith and there was no clear 
just example of inspiration to keep moving forward. That is really cool. Right? Because he has a public, you know, as a baseball player, you're so public. Everything you do (laughs) and, or, you know, any professional sports player. So that is a huge stand and he will probably get a lot of blowback for that. But praise God he did that. That's really cool. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Womp. So that was, that was really cool. I really, really liked what he said. That is so. inspirational. That's, that's good. All right. Today's topic is what does it mean to be a good parent? So I will let you lead this one because I have nothing. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Just the fact that your kids love you shows that you're moving in the right direction I, there. I try to do something right. <laughs> Before we start into this topic, I, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. And I think this kind of goes for all of our our shows. We're not claiming to be experts on these subjects by any stretch. But this one especially, you know, our kids are still, I think our oldest kid is probably 11. So yeah. we still have a long ways to go on the road of parenting. And, you know, no one's, so we're not by any means saying that we've got it all together or we're just going to try to, Look at some principles and some ideas from the Bible to that every father can employ in, in their lives to be the kind of dad that God wants them to be. And so, you know, we're all on this journey of parenting together. Kids throw new things at us every day, it seems like. <laughs> and yeah. um, so I just wanted to say that up front. We're not, not trying to say that we've got this together, uh, but God's Word does have many wonderful and powerful things to say to help us raise kids in a way that pleases God. So that's where we're going to look. And I just wanted to throw that out there because I know sometimes people think, yeah, you still have kids at home. You shouldn't be talking about being a, a good parent. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> but no, I'm very glad you said that. Cause I didn't even <laughs> think about that. Cause I'm always trapped in my own little world, but I'll openly admit I'm that Hopefully they listen to the intro and we'll, and we'll complete and record the intro before they listen to this episode. But if they did go out of order, I am not perfect. I am very far from perfect anything, especially a perfect parent. But that goes along with exactly why the show was created was I love my friend Bren and I love our conversations more and how he solidified my faith with Jesus Christ. So this isn't us per se saying this is what to do. This is me from my half of the table saying I'm admittedly faulty. I have questions. I would like answers. And if we could relate them to the Bible, which we should be living our life by, then then let's have at it. So it's it's me learning from you a lot, me learning from the Bible and trying to live by the Bible even more. And if you like what we have to say and you're listening in, then thank you for listening. And we're all learning together. So it's not, you know, just me, you learning from me, I learn from you and uh, we all learn from the scriptures together as we study. So that's that's the cool thing about 
the Bible has got so much good stuff to say. I think number one, it's 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 a uh, leaving, trying to leave, leave, leave. Well, leave also like something behind, but live a life according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Be a better parent, and then two. In 40 years from now, we're not turning on Netflix and then they're making a show about one of our kids. Right? Like, oh man, I hope not. And then, and then yeah, right, that's, that was one of the biggest things I kept thinking about. Like every time I make a parenting decision, I'm like, did I, did I just correct something for the better or are we going to be seeing something about my son in like 30 years? I have no clue. It's like, oh my goodness. So, yeah. So when we, we look at the Bible for, uh, parenting, you're ne- you're not going to find a chapter and verse that tells you how to deal with the world of Netflix, for example, or uh, how to navigate teenage driving. It's not there because those things didn't exist in the Bible yeah. times. But there are principles that God would have us employ in raising our children. And I, from from my study of the scriptures, I, I think parenting comes down to two things, uh, two, two broad categories. We could talk about teaching and we could talk about discipline. And so those two, those two categories are, I think, uh, in a nutshell, the main roles of a parent. So we, we want to be loved by our kids and popular with our kids, but that can't be our goal. Um, we, that's not the role that God has given us. So the role of father or mother, but especially father, since we're two guys talking about parenting, we are commanded to lead our families and to protect them and to teach them it all the way back in Genesis. Uh, Abraham, he's told uh, in Genesis 18, 19, for I, God's talking about Abraham, he says, for I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he, to Abraham what he has promised him. So God says, hey, I am choosing Abraham and I am choosing him because I know that he is going to command his children and his household to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. So from the very beginning, the, the, the father is responsible for teaching his children and commanding them to follow the Lord. Then Deuteronomy 6 uh, says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bring them, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So it's really clear from the beginning of the formation of the nation of Israel and, and even all the way back to Abraham, God wants us to be faithfully teaching diligently what he has commanded, uh, what is justice and righteousness for uh, to our children. So that's really the bir- first big thing that it means to be a parent is we've got to be 
taking the scriptures and teaching that to to our children. And that was I was so happy that that's why I get that's why we need cameras in here eventually <laughs> is because they can see me just like agreeing with you all wide eyed listening <laughs> and then giving fist pumps in the ears because that was you said it way better than I did. But I'll just recap on or um, add to that is just I wrote on here. One of the main things is I was going to end with it was the Bible and faith. Mm-hmm. Like I think we talked about that before and and you gave me this huge compliment and I'll never forget that. But it adds as a parent, it adds this, um, I was going to say it adds pressure and weight to my shoulders. I just turned my phone on airplane mode. How are things still getting through? What is, I don't understand. I just updated it yesterday. It said it was going to take six minutes. It took 36 minutes. And then now I hit airplane mode text and things aren't supposed to be coming through. That's weird on airplane mode. Yeah. It's, it's right there. Watch. I'll just look right there. Airplane mode. So I don't know why it's like still coming. Whatever. You're just so popular. This is <laughs> the government is breaking through airplane mode to get you. That was a debt text. collector. That was debt collector. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only popular with, with Capital One. <laughs> what I was gonna say was um, how you said the changes that I'm making now are gonna be could be generational, right? Mm. And yeah. I think that that was that that hit like like I don't know what it's like. To, hopefully, I'll never feel in this lifetime what it's like to be hit by Mike Tyson, <laughs> but because <laughs> I like what he has to say now. But it's just that hit me like a ton of bricks, as as they used to say. But that that was very key in opening my eyes. Is 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 it's not just me, right? Mm. First of all, it's about the Lord giving back to the Lord, yeah, living the life by the Bible. But then when I look at my kids and just like you said, one of the biggest things is right up front. And it's kind of funny how I was going to end my topic with that. But you started off with that because that is I was doing it for dramatic sake. But you're doing it for like actual like. But that's 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 what I love about you is it's like God first. Well, that's number one on the list. Right. Yeah. Is teach them the Bible, teach them these stories, how to read it, how to pray, everything up down left and right in between about it and that is extremely extremely helpful and i and and i can't go back but it's when i used to i was thinking about this in preparation of the show when i used to go to church with my parents and i was old enough to start figuring out like where we were going and i was just like i'd ask questions like hey why are we going to church and i always remember being in the backseat of my parents car and we'd always be in a frenzy right it's like we would always start (laughs) to be late yeah and then i'd ask these questions like i'd hear my dad be like did i get the right tie you didn't iron my suit whatever right there it's like hey why are we going to church because all i would see from a kid's perspective is Mm -hmm. is chaos controlled chaos yeah (laughs) we show up to church and then my parents are happy yeah we leave church and then it's controlled chaos again so i would ask why are we going to church? And they'd basically say something around the lines of because. Yeah. And then when I got a little older, it's like, well, because why? And then it was the adage of what I said at the beginning, do as I say, not as I do. Right. Just go to church because I say so. Yeah. You know, like, you know, yeah. and, and it never really made sense to me as a kid. But your kids will grasp that knowledge. Hopefully mine as well. And they'll definitely be better for it. And and hopefully that will continue on down for generations to come. Yeah. No, you bring up some great points there. You know, we have to have, we should have good reasons for why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, church is, you, everyone should go to church. If, if you're a believer, you should be in church. Uh, the Bible's clear on that. We shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together because you need church. You need the 
the fellowship with the body of Christ and the body of Christ needs you. Like they need God's gifted each one of us in certain ways and we need to be using our gifts. But if you're just showing up, not understanding why you're even going, that's, that's really tough. And you also bring up a, a parenting point there uh, where it's really helpful if we plan ahead for yeah. Sundays, <laughs> <laughs> just a small thing for Christian parents. Like, um, you know, Sunday morning, if it's a hectic mess getting from the bed to your your seat at church, you're not ready to worship. You're you're coming in with attitudes towards your 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 kids or your wife yeah. because like like you said, your suit wasn't ironed or you couldn't find your brown shoes, and then you're yeah. sitting down in a huff uh, yeah. for the service and you're not going to get anything out of it. So preparing ahead of time for church is is really important N- not just like physically but we've also um mentally and spiritually as well because yes, definitely because when you came to me and said one day <laughs> just point blank i'll <laughs> short but just like you need to go back to church <laughs> and i was like okay and i ran out of all the excuses in the book yeah to not start going back to where i go I found myself when I when I was like, you know, kind of not white knuckling there because because I do love it. But it mm-hmm. was just, you know, something was finding me. I was just like, right. ah, I could be especially during football season. It's like, ah, I'm missing the opening game. My team <laughs> plan, whatever yeah. it is. But when you run out of excuses and you're there, it's one thing to just show up, which is 90 percent of it. Right. The other part is, is I go in there now with open eyes and open ears. It's like, what can I learn today? Right. And right. I love when mm-hmm. my kids go. Because it adds an additional layer to that because Amelie will go to um, her little group with the kids. Yeah. Emmanuel will stay with me and I'll say, okay, like I want to know by the end of this, like two things that three things. So two is two things that you learned, right? One uh-huh. that you thought was cool, one that you learned and one that you possibly have questions on. So yeah. I know that he's paying attention. Why I love it when they go is because then I'm beholden to that, right? Like, because he'll yeah. ask me. That's number four. It's like, you ask me what I learned, right? So yeah. when we're reading, when when uh, Pastor Daniel or Brad are given the sermon, it it will radiate outwards, right? It goes from God, the Bible, through them to us. My son picks up things very different than, than me. Right. And I love that because I'm learning something yeah. from him. And I'm like, man, I didn't. I didn't even see that. Like we were in the same room listening to the same thing. Right. Those words hit him differently and they hit me differently, but mainly because it, it holds me to that. So then I'm not, yeah. as my parents were, to be like, listen to this and do as I say. <laughs> and then I'm going to go in the back and drink all the coffee and then be yeah. on my iPhone. Right. Yeah. So it holds no, me to that standard. That is excellent that you're doing that with your, with your kids to making sure they're engaged in what they're learning. So that's, that's another you know, lesson in and of itself, we are responsible for when we hear the scriptures, what we do with it. You know, the Bible says, don't be a forgetful hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. So by training uh, Emmanuel to think through, okay, what did I hear? What am I learning? You're helping him to to take that step in being a doer. So that's really good. I like that. Did you have anything else to say on the discipline? That was your, I love that word too, that you used it that way as as number one right out the gate of of being a parent or what it means to be a good parent. Yeah, so so children are born sinners. So they're born separated from God, just like all of us are. And so the Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. 
Uh, so we have the responsibility from God to help them uh, point them to Christ, first of all. And as we're pointing them to Christ, we're showing them uh, where they're not living according to the scriptures. And this is so crucial for, for parents. Our, our discipline and correction has to be forming children into the image of Christ, not this is an annoying habit that bothers me or um, I that's bad for my reputation, so I don't want you to do that. Or even, oftentimes, I know my, myself as a parent, I'll fall into this idea of if I can just get, you know, outward conformity, meaning you do all the things that I want you to do, then you're great. But those, those are not really God's goal of, for parents. We're to teach them, as the Bible says, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And so that's what we're aiming for, righteousness and justice. And, and we do that um, at the level that a child can understand. And, and though a child, you know, a small child especially, they don't understand, hey, if you keep hitting your sister, one day you might grow up to be hit the wrong person and end up in jail. They don't get that at four years old, you know, or three years old. They only get that, you know, she had the toy I wanted, so she's gonna get it, you know, get hit. Yeah. And so they respond. They need the discipline. Just a couple of verses from Proverbs that are really poignant. Proverbs thirteen twenty four: Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Proverbs 19:18 Discipline your son for there is hope do not set your heart on putting him to death Proverbs 29:15 The rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother Those are beautiful but all I heard was my parents did not read the Bible <laughs> cuz the thing I liked most in my life mm. was discipline. So. Yeah, 